This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado, The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today, wherever you listen to podcasts. And here's Fox creeping forward. He pulls up, 18-footer. Aaron Fox puts the Kings on top. Makes one, stakes twice, gives the belly. 35-foot three for the win. We deserve this win, man. When we're done, we can go chop it up, eat, golf, whatever you want to do. But 40, 48 minutes, I ain't about them games. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Pulse Podcast presented by the King's Herald. My name is Brendan Nunez. Got Rich Ivanowski on here as we always do. What's going on, Rich? How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. How are you, Brandon? I'm doing all right, man. Another day, another day. Uh, and when we got two more prospects. Yeah, we do. Uh, I am. I was struck by how similar these guys are to another pair that we did pretty recently. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of similar stuff like we did between the Riller and Maladon episode uh, here. Um, and I think that they're also like relatively similar and similar enough to kind of compare them piece for piece. Or what do you think? Yeah, I think that works fine by me. And uh, obvious first thing to point out is that one of them has spent four years in college and the other one is coming out as a freshman, Nico Manuel being the freshman. Yeah, and I'll, I, I think uh, I skipped over who we're actually doing tonight. You'll probably see it in the uh, podcast player on the title of the episode, but um, yeah, did you say it? I don't even know. I don't know if one of us said it, but it's Nico Mannion, like you just mentioned, and Malachi Flynn, both point guards. Um, Nico from Arizona and Malachi Flynn of San Diego State. Right, and yeah, Malachi Flynn spent his first two years at Washington State and then transferred to San Diego State, um, where he just wrapped up a season where he finished uh, one of the better players in college basketball, 17.6 points, 5.1 assists on 44% from the field, 37% from three on a good amount of attempts, and 85% from the free throw line. Um, Yeah, this is the fourth year for Malachi Flynn, very important note there. And, uh, yeah, the basic numbers of Nico Mannion's freshman year at Arizona, extremely highly regarded uh, coming out of high school, a little bit of an underwhelming year at Arizona where he averaged 14 points, 5.3 assists on 39% from the field, 32% from three on decent volume, and 79% from the free throw line. Um, where do you kind of want to start with these two guys, man? Yeah, I think the 
I think the non-basketball specific stuff is actually a, a good place to start and a good place to draw some differences. You mentioned the difference in the ages. It is a three-year separation, um, Nico being the younger there. Um, and then also kind of you mentioned Nico being very highly regarded going into college. He was expected like the earliest draft boards before the season began. I think Nico was pretty much a consensus top 10 guy. Um, and some had him really high. Some had him, you know, top five guy. I, I know I saw one that had him top four. I'm not sure if he ever cracked the top three, but, but yeah, like a top five to top 10 lottery lock, it felt like. Um, but yeah, I, and then, you know, on the flip side of that, Flynn, I think was pretty much off of most people's radars. He didn't play at all in 2018-19. That was his transfer year. So, yeah, I mean, and obviously he did a lot better at San Diego State than he you – know, he wasn't bad in Washington State, but he, he really lit it up in, in, in San Diego State, like launching him up people's boards. And I think he's gone from like a borderline, maybe, you know, not drafted guy to a borderline first-rounder. Yeah, definitely an impressive climb for him. And like you said, a little bit of a disappointment for Nico. Um, you know, we'll get into exact reasons. But genuinely, I mean, you could point at the team a little bit. But overall, Nico kind of underperformed, especially when you look at that 39% from the field total is definitely a concern there. And, yeah, I mean, it comes back to a little bit of your upside versus floor. And it's, I mean, when we're talking these What's likely later first-rounders, even early seconds, it's really just going to depend on what team is selecting at that point for the most part. Yeah, um, I don't even know that their roles are going to be all that different. Um, It probably is going to be about if a team wants a project or a guy contributing right away. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think that, yeah, I think the Bays have a lot of similarities, but they're both – Similar wingspan, um, 6'3", height on Nico with – this is an unconfirmed negative wingspan, so that's six foot two and a half uh, for him, 190. And then Malachi Flynn, 6'1", height, 6'3", wingspan, 185, weight. I don't feel like there's too much of a difference here. Nico looks way taller, but a lot of that is – I mean, he is taller, but then there's also the hair. <laughs> right. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think that obviously both those guys are going to be primarily guarding ones on the defensive end, but a place that I think we could start with the both of them is their pick-and-roll game. I think this is kind of the bread and butter for the both of them really here, and Malachi specifically 40% of his possessions were in the pick-and-roll according to Synergy, and that has him ranked in the 96th percentile and 30% of the possessions for Nico Mannion in the 67th percentile. Um, I'll say, like, Malachi looked extremely patient. I think you could kind of tell the little bit of experience on him where he just had a slower pace to his game. Yeah, and those percentiles are going to be about scoring. So, um, you know, as far as scoring out of the pick and roll, you know, Nico's good, very good. Um but, yeah, Flynn is elite there pretty much. Um, yeah, elite is fair to say. But then passing, I think they're both really, really good passers out of the pick and roll. 
Yeah, I think they're both really impressive there. I actually think that Nico is one of the better passers in this class. Um, some of the some of the ones he was loading up, and he got a little overzealous at times, but I think that any high-level passer kind of does that. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think that he could, you know, maybe be a top-five passer in this class. Yeah, I agree. I think his passing is, like, really, really high-level. Um, it's tough because it takes a hit when it's paired with a little bit less of a scoring punch. Like, Flynn is not, I would say, not quite the passer in the open court that that Mannion might be, but his passing can be a little more dangerous because he's backing it up with really strong finishing. Uh, they're both good shooters, so they're dangerous in that regard, but the scoring threat of Flynn can kind of open up better passes for him. Um, but yeah, yeah, Nico does a lot. Um, even even when um, teams are kind of playing the pass against him. Yeah, and while most of, really I felt like all of the best Malachi plays for himself on the ball came in the pick and roll, there were, I mean, most of the time for Flynn it was a, it was a floater or getting to the rim or there, there wasn't much shot creation for himself, and I think this is why people were excited about Nico coming into the year because he had shown flashes of this, but that didn't really fully develop during his time at Arizona. I think that, you know, he hit some tough shots, and he definitely has the confidence to take it. They, both of these guys have really good range to them, but Nico creating space for himself and getting shots up, he just he has a, a good handle, a good enough handle to do it, and I think that that'll get better. But I didn't think that he was good enough of an athlete almost in regards to changing directions quickly um, and, and a change of speed. I didn't feel like Nico was going to be good at the NBA level at creating space for himself and creating his own shot. I think they're both genuinely bad athletes. Um, yeah. I, I'm worried about both of them in terms of their explosiveness, in terms of their strength. Like It's a real issue. Um, and, like, their frames aren't amazing to begin with either. So, I, I don't know, maybe Nico could add a little more bulk, um, a little bit taller of a guy. But, yeah, both of them are going to be at a disadvantage and, and almost so much so that I kind of see a backup point guard role for, for either of them. Yeah, I think that's probably where where I'm at as well. Um, and then, obviously, the idea with Nico was that maybe you can – get him to pick his spots better and and eventually create some space for himself because I guess like he has little night sidesteps and there's a package there that I guess a team could bring out of him but I don't have the most confidence in it um I think both of these guys though would be upper tier I guess like scoring bench point guards that teams would be happy to get yeah um who do you think is the better athlete I think it's Nico. I mean, I don't think either one of them, like you said, are very good, but I'd probably say Nico. Interesting. I would. I think I would say Malachi Flynn, but not by much. Um, and I think the the youth of Nico, like by the time he's 22, yeah. he could easily be the better athlete than, than Malachi. Um, so, yeah, tough to say there. I think there is more, like, if I had to – if I had to guess that, you know, if you told me one of them ended up being a starting point guard for a long time, 
or for a substantial portion of their career, I would guess Nico. Um, and again, that probably comes back to the to the youth, to the potential for more development. Um, yeah, I yeah. would guess the same. Like, because then I would like assume that Nico must have, like you're saying, developed a good bit during those years. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if you told me that one is like a super valuable bench guy his whole career, I'd probably guess Malachi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, I think he's going to be able to run second units really well as long as it is very pick-and-roll heavy because, I mean, like, part of him – part of why I think Nico's a little bit better of an athlete, I thought that his – oh, man, this is rough. Nico's first step wasn't very good, but I almost think Malachi's was worse. I don't know. Both of them are, are not going past anyone on their own. Um, it's very pick-and-roll heavy. and not to say they can't work off the ball. I mean, both of them are good shooters and will be able to pull it from off the ball. But, yeah, I mean, also being poor drivers because of these skinny frames, both of them have nice touch, but it's really going um, around contact rather than through it, and sometimes you're just not going to be able to avoid that. I worry about, like, the physicality at the next level and how that's going to do for them, especially at the rim. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. Like, I kind of just think these guys are – bench point guards and you know I think that that could be fairly valuable and they could write out a contract and a team enjoy them uh for that duration but that's why we're kind of talking you know even early second round for these ones yeah they're both really smart um and it's because they have to be like they're like you said they're not creating with their their physicality like they're they're using their IQ um but it's like almost like, well, it's because they have to use their IQ. Um, so it's almost like not an amazing thing. I mean, it's a good thing to, that these are smart, uh, instinctual, um, I guess, feel guys, you could say. But you'd almost wish that they weren't so reliant on it. Um, I want to ask you about Malachi Flynn compared to Grant Riller. So I know you were really high on Riller. They're both four-year seniors, both point guards, um, similar sizes. I, I mean, like how it sounds to me like you're going to be higher on Riller than Flynn by a decent margin, but how do you? How would you compare these two guys? I definitely thought of the same comparison after watching Flynn. I went back and watched a little bit of Riller um, because I, I figured these guys would probably be uh, kind of neck and neck here. And I think that my conclusion was I like Riddler better because I think that he actually has a higher ceiling um, and probably also a little bit of a lower floor. But I think Riddler is going to be able to create a shot in some capacity at the next level. And Malachi will probably be able to do the same within a pick and roll. Um, and obviously I like the playmaking of Malachi better, but I think that it comes back to that athleticism. Like Riddler is, has a ridiculous first step. You see him getting up sometimes. Um, he changes directions really quickly. I like his handle a little better. Um, so a lot of it comes back to the athleticism, and then I think that Riller has shown a capability to create fo- shots for himself, and as long as he can get comfortable with that at the NBA level, um, I just like that value more, and I, I feel more comfortable saying that he'll be able to do that because of the athletic edge that he has over Flynn. Yeah. I agree with you. And then the flip side of that, like going back to what I first mentioned, the uh, the other guy we did in that episode was T. 
Okay, I'm out on. I'm wondering how you'd compare Nico to, to Teo. I mean, Teo just has more length to him, and he can actually be a combo guard. I think that's part of why you kind of talked me a little higher on him. And, yeah, I mean, I think there's a good chance that Teo is just – his floor is still a, you know, eighth player on a team um, with good size and defensive capabilities and length to him and really just keeps the ball moving and someone that you'd like to have on the roster. And Nico, I mean, I just see that there's a way that this doesn't work out for him because, again, he's just just a pick-and-roll guy, and I think that you could – I don't think it's crazy to see a situation where Nico Mannion's like Trey Burke. Yeah, I mean, he's – I guess he's just a pick-and-roll guy, like, as far as creation, but he's a – I mean, he's a pretty sound – spot-up shooter. The form is a little bit suspect at times. He definitely has a weird um, arc of his body. Like, it kind of um, yeah. creates, a like, a K-shape or, like, a... Like Draymond's. Yeah. He, he the back back. feet out, and he hunches his shoulders forward. Yeah, and he also often, like, it looks like he sets up his feet kind of staggered, um, not squaring up that well, but... I mean, regardless, like he's his numbers are are pretty solid um, from that regard. He wasn't amazing in college as far as a percentage, thirty two point seven percent, but you know, really good volume, um, five point one attempts a game. I mean, that's that's a type of shooting numbers where you're like, okay, like that he's that's something there, um, and you maybe you think if you can fix his form a little bit especially considering he's so young, that that could be a legitimate shooter. 80% free throw, um, good indicator there. Uh, I know that uh, coming into college, he was considered like a very, very strong shooter as well. So I do buy him as an off-ball, you know, catch-and-shoot kind of guy. And, he, and, he's, and his numbers are decent off movement, off screens, that sort of thing. So do you like Nico better than Maladon? No, not better, but just was wondering with the comparison there. I mean, potentially I could see him being better on offense. Um, right. I think the length hurts. The length really hurts. Um, with Nico to Maladon, I'm just going to look here. I mean, that's a six-inch difference of Wings fan. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and, uh, and touching on the defense for both of Nico and – um and Malachi Flynn here. I think that both of them can be like pesky defenders, I guess, like point of attack defenders for just ones where you're just not a terrible negative out there, but I don't know. I guess I also see a scenario where they are that terrible negative. Um but yeah, for the most part, I mean you'd have to try to get away with some point of attack defense just on ones for both of these guys with the size. Flynn looks really small. Um like, I don't know where the 6'1 measurement came from or the 6'3 wingspan, but, like, it wouldn't surprise me if he was, like, more, like, six foot even with the 6'2 wingspan. Um, he, he would – it would be a real pro- – I, I think he's, like, got decent off-the-ball instincts, but I think it would be a real problem trying to defend anyone, um, like, one-on-one that's not a smaller point guard.
counted on restaurants, now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may still be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees with their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery, too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on the way. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download DoorDash in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. I think we just, I mean, there's like a pool of point guards that we're getting to here. How do you feel about um, the both of these guys? It's probably more of Nico Mannion compared to Tyrell Terry. It's really funny you brought up Terry because um, I actually kind of have a hot take for this episode. Cooked up. You had one in the last one. Um, this take's probably not quite as hot, but I'm, I think I'm more willing to commit to it. I think I'd prefer... I think I'd prefer either of these guys to Tyrell Terry. Wow, both of them. Okay, okay, talk me through this. So, with Flynn, I think it's easier the one-to-one comparison because I think that I, I think that Flynn is like already very productive um, and very efficient. I think the the pick and roll play is probably more useful and translatable than just a really small, really weak point guard that only can shoot. Like, Terry's a disaster on defense. Um, like I just mentioned, like, Flynn at least has good instincts off ball. I think Terry might be, like, a legitimate disaster defensively, and I don't think he's a good passer either. So he's, like, just a flamethrower who's maybe – six feet flat at best, like 160. I think that's, like, not a super useful player. Interesting. I think the idea of Terry, like, if you buy him, is definitely probably that pass or the passing is where is where you vary a little bit. Like, I think that – I don't think of Terry as a terrible passer. I thought that there were some, uh, some promising moments there, and if he has a, a gravity to him, I thought that he might be able to make uh, some good decisions. But, like – you're not you're not crazy. I think these guys are are pretty comparable. Um, and I think that you know, like I would have Kyra Lewis and higher than these guys. I personally like Trey Jones better than these guys. Although I could see you saying there's a higher ceiling on some of these other ones. Like I just feel confident Trey Jones is going to be a backup point guard for like 12 years in the league. Yeah, I don't think Flynn is, like, too far off from that, though, um, because he's such a good shooter. And we haven't talked about his shooting yet, so let's just drop that in there, some numbers here. Um, Malachi Flynn, he shot 70, uh, sorry, 37.3% on 6.4 attempts a game. That's really good. Um, I'm just going to pull up his synergy here. That's 85%. On spot ups, so mm-hmm. I mean, it's he, quality. 
Yeah, 83rd percentile catch and shoot as well. Um, and there was some range on some of these shots that you were getting from Flynn as well. It's quality. Uh, I mean, he's. it's like, you know, you never would ask him to defend a two, but you could play him alongside um, like a scoring point guard mm-hmm. offensively. Yeah, there's a lot of like initiating wings now even. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he. I could kind of just see him fitting in, like especially if you aren't looking for a starter in him, um, which I, I don't think you would be looking for a starter in Trey Jones either. Yeah, I, I don't think that you are for for either one of these guys really. And um, I guess to get it out there, like I don't think that either one of these guys, from Sacramento's point of view, you're picking to like play alongside Fox. This is this is the backup to Fox for sure that you'd be talking about it. What, like 35, 43 maybe even? Yeah, I have a feeling that neither will make it to 43. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not hmm. – yeah, I mean, and Flynn has really worked his way into the bottom of the first in terms of most people's boards. Like, I actually think it's, like, kind of hard to find a big board that doesn't have him earlier than 35 at this point, so – I don't even know if the Kings could get him there, but, like, would you be excited for Flynn at 35? Um, yeah, I think that's fine. I mean, I would prefer them go the route of uh, one of the younger guys, like a Trey Jones or Theo Maladon, or um, I feel like there's one other one I'm missing here, uh, you know, even, like, Tyrell Terry. So, yeah, but at the same time, like, I wouldn't mind. I think it's fine. I'd like a point guard there. Yeah. You you so you strongly prefer Tyrell Terry to to Flynn? I think I do. Yeah, I, I like the obviously the shooting of Terry is ridiculous, and I think I just I like the passing better than you do there. I think that he does have a fairly good feel for the game. Yeah, with Terry, it's like this roll of the dice that maybe you get you know a good outcome, and he's kind of like uh, you know um, Trey Young light. Um. But I, I feel like Flynn is a very sure thing to be – it's like a ceiling versus floor thing there. And I don't know. I, I I think I'd prefer Flynn, yeah. Did you have player comps, like general ideas for either one of these guys? Because weirdly I thought it was a little difficult. I don't. I mean, I'm trying to think right now. Um, it's hard no, for me with a lot of these – College point guards, I keep seeing Terry Rozier because I feel like they just chuck up bad shots and neither one of these guys finish very well. Yeah, I mean, I want to, like, bring up height stuff. So, I mean, right, like, is, like, is Malachi Flynn like Kemba Walker without the self-creation? I don't know. Ugh, right, and, like, what is that? Right. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I, I think obviously their size has a lot to do with it. And if you're not a elite shot creator or playmaker at – or really both probably at that size, then it's hard to not be uh, really a backup in the league. And, and, and there's a good amount of guys that size that honestly can, you know, get you a bucket when you need it. So there's got to be more than that. And, yeah, there's okay playmaking for both of these guys, and I see a way that they really do become, like, top-tier backups for a, for a good while. Yeah, what do you see as like the true ceiling for Nico? Because he is he is very young and he was very very highly touted. Um, I'll just mention 
Like, I think the big problem for him this year was that he finished very, very poorly at the basket. Mm-hmm. Um, looking for the exact uh, percentile here, 29th percentile. Um, only took 32 attempts at the basket. Really not good. Um, really not good. But he was lauded as a very strong finisher going into college. I mean, I wonder if it's a sample size thing, um, like to some degree, where maybe instead of being a bad finisher, he's more like an average finisher because his touch is good and very good on the runners. Yeah, he, uh, the touch definitely on the runners, like you mentioned. And it's funny because I actually I, I was asking around about this a little bit before, and some people pointed out that like the spacing of Arizona was not great. And we know Josh Green, Zeke Naji, neither of those guys are spacing the floor. The two other uh, potential draft prospects, but then I also had people telling me that you know that was that was kind of BS and being bought into too much, and a lot of it was just Nico not having the first step to even get to the rim very well, um, and not quite being as crafty as you expected him to. Um, but you know, I think when it comes down to it, it's a little combination of both. But I do worry that more of it goes to his lack of burst off um, off the dribble. And, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. He he is, I think that there's a world where he's able to create his own shot off the dribble. And I think that, you know, that in itself can make you the, what, like 25th best point guard in the league, something like that for Nico, 20th. Yeah, it's so funny because coming out of the Nike Hoop Summit, he was, um, like, really lauded as, like, a future franchise point guard for, for an NBA team. Um, and obviously that's a very, very small sample size. I think it's just one game. Maybe it's a, a series of games um, up in Portland. It, it's um, it's usually a really big deal. I mean, they get the best prospects in the world, most of them, um, you know, before they enter – college and it's just interesting that he would be so dominant in that setting and then really kind of crap out in the in the NCAA he, you know he's kind of like um he's got a lot of like Cole Anthony stuff going on so yes he's, I was gonna say this he's like Cole Anthony light in a lot of ways right he definitely is so I'm surprised this isn't your guy right here um but yeah I mean Cole Anthony in himself has that has that really nice burst in him and while he had poor finishing, I mean, he had Nico's 39% from the field. Um, I'm going to pull up uh, – pull up uh, who was the other person I was just talking about here? Uh, before Cole. Cole. No, that's who I was talking about. Totally oh, just forgot out there. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, okay, so both of these guys were actually terrible at the rim, and Cole was even worse, shockingly, 38% for Cole, 39% for Nico. Um but, yeah, I mean, I think that Cole actually got space off the dribble a lot more, and he wasn't hitting it great. He couldn't drive. I think that, like, spacing was more of a legitimate issue at UNC. Um, but, like, a lot of it, to me, between them comes back to that athleticism. I wonder if if the world were in a different place. Like, I wonder if Nico wouldn't be better off going back to school for another year. Um, yeah. Because I feel like he could end up like you know a lottery guy if right. he stayed in school. Um, I don't know. I mean, it it may. Uh, I don't know. I I he is like 
you said you're surprised he's not my guy. Like, he is kind of my guy relative to – like, he was never on Cole's level. Um, like, you mm-hmm. know, you, like, while Cole was projected to be, like, a top two guy, he was more of a top ten guy. Um, so, like, on that kind of level. But, like, I think that I would – I'm really, really, really trying – I'm really, really stuck trying to figure out if I like Nico more than Grant Riller. Hmm. Okay, so, I mean, key differences, obviously, are the age and, and, and what, the shot creation or, like, the strength. Like, I think we saw Riddler play through contact. Do you write that off a little bit because of the competition level or? I mean, it's almost entirely age. Like, it's almost entirely, like, in – it, I mean, because Riller, is he 24 yet? He's, like, really close to 24. Right. Um, just trying to look him up here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they are they are four years apart. Wow. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, like, for Sacramento, I like Nico better. That's exactly where I'm, I'm coming from. Like, it's hard for me to, to figure out on my big board where who I'm going to put higher. Because it's hard for me to do that math of, like, where do I come out here, like, as far as, like, which – if the average NBA team, who would – you know, mm-hmm. who's going to have – how do I even do that calculus of, like, whatever – what do I – what am I preferring here? So I'm not super high in Grant Riller. He's going to be, like, around my early 20s, I guess. Um, and Nico, I think, will be somewhere in my 20s, maybe a little bit lower, but it's it's really, really close because I Early think that... Early 20s is not bad for Grant. Yeah. Um, my board's a little out of order, but... Yeah, I mean, he's not going to be later than 25, that's for sure. So, mm-hmm. first half of my 20s. Yeah. And then I, Nico's not going to be out of my 30, so... Yeah, I think this is kind of why I have, like, those tiers, because I think once you reach a later round, it really comes down to which team is picking. Um, and, yeah, there's just a pool of guys on, on an equal level. And, obviously, if if there's one that uh, that front office happens to think is a tier above, that's when you go outside of positionally, and that's, like, best play or available sort of situation. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that Nico and, and, and Terry and Riller – and Flynn are really, like, all going in this same tier for me. Like, I, I maybe we're going to need to do, like, a whole episode of, you know, the point guard Sacramento could consider at 35 or something and try to figure out the real big differences between these guys because, I mean, at, at least role-wise, they're extremely similar. Yeah, no, we're definitely going to have to do that. Uh, I think we also have to get into Dotson and um, Winston as well. They'll be the last guys in this point guard tier sports are coming back and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events major league baseball and basketball is finally kicking off this week and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners bet online check out all the odds futures and props to bet on all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, BetOnline sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champion, we'll go with six-time NBA champion, Robert Ory. 
see what they had to say and what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Yeah, man, I, I do. I mean, I'm just thinking about this Riller Mannion thing. It's like, do you take this guy who's like a ready-made product, but, you know, you you can't be sure that he's going to be super successful, but you think he's pretty much good to go and he'll contribute, and he'll contribute for a long time, but you also know probably not going to get much better than he already is, or do you think that, I guess, like, let me ask you this. Like, do you think that if you had four years with Nico that you could, you know, teach him a little more defense, get his body right, get him stronger, uh, a little more explosive, and then just through experience of playing, say he got four years at Arizona, um, I mean, do you think he'd be a better player than Riller at that point? Mm. Um, that's a tough one. I'd lean towards – Probably, but it's really close. Um, I think that Nico will learn to pick his spots, and I think that he has the ability to kind of force his way there. I think that he is, he can be patient at times, and he has a decent enough handle and a little bit of like a shiftiness to him to get to those spots, but it's just about learning where those are in different sets and different play opportunities. So I think that it's just going to be about reps for him with that. And... Yeah, I, I mean, I do – wow, I don't know, because, again, like the athleticism, I don't – yeah, I do think that Nico would develop a bit better there probably because of that passing that, I, again, I think Nico might even be top five in the class and Rillers was fairly underwhelming. Yeah, they might not even be comparable as far as their role because of that. Um, you know, Riller is going to be a scorer. Um, Nico's going to be a playmaker, but – yeah, I, I mean, I think as of right now, like, it's a hot take, but I think I'd probably have Nico a little bit ahead of Grant Riller, and I'd have them both ahead of Tyrell Terry. I mean, yeah, you don't think there's – it wouldn't make sense, right? Like, say Nico was the pick for Sacramento at 35, and all of a sudden he blossomed into something. I mean – like, it's a good thing for sure, but he's not playing with Fox, right? Like, there's just no way that lineup gets thrown out there. I don't think that you, at this point, I don't think that you're, I think that it's kind of foolish to think like that. Like, say at pick 35, you had Riller was there, and it was Riller or Mannion. I mean, like, Riller is such an obvious stab at, at a playoff run. Mm-hmm. And and we've both really, like, continually said that that's not how the Kings should be thinking. They shouldn't be trying to make the playoffs this year or next year or whatever. Um, right. But if you get Nico and you develop him, not that the Kings are necessarily good at that, but <laughs> say that you did get him and you could develop him. Um, I mean, there's a chance that Fox isn't on this team when this team is – a contender, there's a chance that, you know, he gets a max deal and then two to three years down the road, we realize, wow, we did not put the pieces around Fox to make him want to stay for his third contract. 
we got to trade him now while he's still at his highest value, trade him while he's, you know, whatever that is, like the uh, trade deadline before his final year, right, of the contract. That's not that far away now. That's two and a half years away, right? Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think at that point, what if Nico's 21, 22, and he's blossoming, and then, hey, at least you've got a point guard that you can throw in there as a starter, maybe, while you're recovering from that. Right, right. Yeah, I definitely think it would be a good problem to have. Uh, don't get me wrong. It would just be an interesting situation um, if it got to that. And, yeah, I mean, what else do you want to get in on on either of Manning or Flynn, man? Nothing really, other than I was, like, really excited for Flynn. And then when I, the more I was diving into him, the less excited I got. Uh, I was like, I mean, we, we've been like crushing him as the 35th pick for a minute. And a lot of people have been. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just didn't really pop for me. Uh, the, the synergy number is really nice. Like, so I don't know why. I, I guess it's just the size and athleticism thing. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, again, I'm going to have to spend some time because, you know, we said previously 35 want Sacramento to look at a point, but yeah, I mean, it'd be hard for me to, like, take one of them over, over Woodard or something where size is so valuable. Um, and, yeah, the difference between all these point guards is something I'm definitely going to have to spend more time on. And, and if you wanted our next two, we could get through those next two guys in Winston and Dotson. Yeah, let's let's do it. Um, let's definitely do Winston and Dotson. But I'll just throw out a couple more questions to you here. Crossing over, that's a good point with um, Woodard and Bay. I mean, if it comes down to it, pick 35 and those four players are there, you know, and you got to choose one of those four, who you're going with. I'm talking Nico, Flynn, Woodard, and Bay. Oh, man. Um, I think you got to go Woodard or Bay. Like, I think that we're just seeing how valuable these wings are, and Sacramento – lacks lacks that height and size to them, I think that you probably go for those. Like, I mean, you still have another year of Corey Joseph. Um, two, actually, right, if they do decide to pick up the third non-guaranteed. Um, and I think that that's a backup point guard is something you can get cheap on the open market. And these wing players are at more of a premium, so I'm probably leaning – I think Bay and Woodard both would go above the guards, and I, I just like Bay a little bit better there. This one's kind of a strange one, but what about Flynn, Mannion, Stewart, or Achua? So uh, Isaiah Stewart and Precious are there. Interesting. Well, I have a little bit of a crush on Precious, so I'm definitely going Precious there. Um, I think that he's one of the more versatile defenders in the whole draft. I think that you know there's a real potential of him guarding two to five, and I have no interest. God, you're so wrong about Precious Achua. It's crazy. No, I think that he actually has so much defensive potential. Um, But, yeah, I could Precious Achua can guard twos. You heard it here first. No, well, no. I think, like, in a a pinch, you know, here and there, I think that he's like a Daniel Tice. He's really college time. Oh, God, no. Well, see, this is Uh, the thing. I have no interest in all this BS offense he tries to run. What about... um, Tillman, Flynn or Tillman or or uh, Flynn or Tillman or Romanian. Oh man, 
I feel like you have to go Mannion just for the sake of, you know, me saying that this team needs to focus on the future. Um, I do like Tillman, and it's a big Sacramento would be glad to have, but I don't think it's crazy to think that you can get a decent backup big on the market. Um, and, yeah, I mean, like we're saying, Nico, Nico like, clearly has the highest out, up, upside um, out of all those guys. So so we're definitely both Mannion over Flynn. For Sacramento, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Final final question here, final crossover here from positions. Mannion or Jaden McDaniels? Oh god. Um probably Mannion because McDaniels also has like these character question marks. Um and that just doesn't sound fun with the Kings. Yeah, I like Mannion over a lot of those guys, honestly. Yeah, I think I'd take him over Precious, over Stewart. Or Precious. Debatably over Stewart. Yeah, I, yeah, no, I would. I take I take Mannion over Precious, over Stewart, over McDaniel's, and honestly, probably over Xavier Tillman. So I, I think I'm I think I have Mannion higher than all of those guys. Wow. Yeah, we're gonna so, have to do an update big part at some point. He it looks like Mannion right now on my board is twenty. Five. Okay. Twenty-three to twenty-five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and then yeah, next episode we will get into Cassius Winston, Michigan State, and Devon Dawson, Kansas. Uh, two more guards. Awesome. Uh, check out kingsherald.com for all your Kings-related blogging, and uh, please rate and subscribe to the show if you don't mind. We really appreciate it. And thanks to everybody for listening. You're here from us again in the next couple of days.